Let's face it, investment concepts and financial planning can be very intimidating and confusing. Shoreline Wealth Management addresses that feeling head on. Their goal is to educate you while offering financial advice without buzzwords and jargon. Shoreline includes you in the process and makes you comfortable every step of the way on your path to financial freedom. Shoreline Wealth Management is your financial anchor. Visit ShorelineWealth.com for more information today. Shoreline Wealth Management with offices in Manchester and Manahawkin. Securities offered through LPL Financial member Fin. SIPC. Welcome to the financial wake up call. It is time to talk finances each yes, yes, yes. and every week up to number 10. Dave Crossin is leading the way each and every week on this podcast, giving you financial advice on your financial journey, discussing a variety, a buffet, if you will. A buffet. Of I like financial that. topics. Everybody likes going to a buffet. Sure. Dave Crossin is cooking up a financial storm here and <laughs> filling up your plate so that uh, it's a nice and hearty meal. Dave Crossin giving you all kinds of financial advice every week on this podcast. Thanks for joining us so far. So, Chef Dave. Chef Dave, I like What's that. What's on the financial oh, menu wow. here in this okay. Financial Wake Up Call podcast? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, I really like this topic. I like all the topics, but this <laughs> one, there's something ah, about it that ah. for a lot of people, it's a, a big one. It's a decision that people have to make. Does it make sense to go one direction or the other direction? Vin, mm. we're going after it. You ready? Oh here we go. Drum roll. Fork in the road. That was horns, not drums, but whatever. Sound like the circus is coming down there. Kind of like the circus. Vin, when it comes to a car, an automobile, should you lease or should you buy? Oh, boy. Big question. I like it. So, for a lot of people, you know, it's a big decision, you know. Let's talk about the differences. Well, think about what is leasing a car. In a way, it's kind of like renting a car. You don't actually own the car. You have terms. So let's make up a scenario. So you have terms. Let's say it's three years or 36 months. You're allowed a certain amount of miles during that term. And typically what happens, Vin, is there is some sort of down payment, a certain dollar amount that you put down uh, to start the lease. Uh, it could be 2500 it could be $5,000. i am just making this up. But So typically what happens is you pay a certain amount down, a down payment, and then from there you have the term. The example we are utilizing is three years or 36 months, and then you have your payment, and you're off and running. So for a lot of people, let's talk about the positives of leasing a car over buying a car. Well, number one, typically with leasing a car, you would get a lower payment. And that's very appealing to people that they're trying to stay within a certain budget. They want a certain car and they want to keep their payment at a certain level. So typically when you lease a car rather than buying a car, Mm. your payment's less. Ah. People are like, you know what? Giddy up. I like that. A lower payment. I'm now into this car. And with that being said... With the payment that you're making, your monthly payment, it typically will allow you to buy, or excuse me, to lease a car, a more expensive car. It would be more affordable than if you were to go ahead and buy the car. So for a lot of people, they want a more expensive car. They're thinking, well, with leasing, the payment would be less than buying. It would give them that opportunity to now have the car that they want 
at the payment they can afford. So for a lot of people, they'll go that direction. Now, that's something I will, you know, pound the desk on. You have to be careful because you're leasing a car. You're trying to get a certain payment. So people have a tendency to reach for a car, if you will, that's more expensive. But if the terms of the lease are more appealing, that's where people will be like, you know what? I can afford that payment. And yes, I'm getting that car that I couldn't afford if I was buying it outright. Here's the other thing too, Vin, what people like is because it is a term. And again, the example we're utilizing is three years or 36 months. And there's different terms for leasing, but I'm using that as an example. Your maintenance on it is very basic. I mean, think about it, Vin. You get your oil change. You're not looking at any major repairs. Mm, right, there would typically right. be some sort of warranty during that time period. So if there are any problems with the car, most likely it would be under the warranty. So you wouldn't have any major repairs. So your basic maintenance, you're, you're changing your oil, you're doing the basic things that need to be done. Of course, wear and tear in the tires, new tires where needed, you know, different things of that nature that are basic repairs, not major repairs, like a transmission VIN or an air conditioner or something ah, like that. So for a lot of people, you know, that's appealing. The maintenance will be very low. The other thing too people really like about leasing VIN is in three years, guess what? I'm out of my obligation. Ah. Time to get a new car. Exciting times. Oh, yeah. So yeah. for people, they're thinking, well, here I go. I now can get the new model. Let's say you can get a completely different model, different car. Maybe you like that that car and you just want to get the newer model. And now you have different advances or, or uh, features or different things that you now have in this car that you didn't have in the older model. So your upgrade every three years can be very appealing. You know, now you have something that... Uh, you are looking forward to three years. You're done with the car. You get into a new lease. Again, a lower down payment than buying a car. Mm. And you're off and running with the new terms. So now, Vin, those are the positives. We got to look at the negatives. Aww. Okay. It's things <laughs> to consider. Well, number one, right. you don't own the car. Mm. You don't have any ownership. Basically, you don't have any control. And what oh. I mean by that is... Like I said before, we utilize the example of the three years. Well, after the three years, you're without that car. Now, you could possibly purchase it, but again, depending on the residual value at the time, may be a lot more expensive. The other part to it too, Vin, is at the end of the term, I had mentioned earlier in this conversation, you're allowed a certain amount of miles. Okay. So with that being said, if you go over the miles, and let's utilize an example, three years, let's say you're allowed 10,000 a year. Again, you could do 10,000, 12,000, 15,000. There are different mileage allowances. Again, you'll pay for, if you're doing more miles, you'll pay for that in your monthly payment. But if you go over the mileage, Vin, okay. the problem is you're going to pay a penalty. Mm. And it's typically a certain amount per mile over what you're allowed. Okay. So right off the bat, you may be in a situation where you're giving up your lease, you're over the mileage, and now you have to pay this penalty of how many miles you're over. So number one, you don't have control in the sense that you have to give this car up or make a decision at the end of the term. Mm. 
And if you're over the mileage, that can be very expensive. So number one, what I would say to people that are considering leasing a car is to make sure that you have a term that works with how many miles you'll actually be doing. So if you're driving 15,000 miles a year and you get a car, a lease that only has 10,000, well, be prepared. You're going to be paying a penalty, and that could be a lot per mile. So again, not a good thing. If you go over the mileage, you will have to pay a penalty, and there's typically termination fees that go along with it and different costs that, again, until the lease is over, you're not going to know exactly how much that is. So there's a lot of uncertainty when you lose that control. And typically, Vin, if you really price it out for a lease compared to buying a car, the expense of going through multiple leases typically would be a lot more than if somebody bought a car and held it long term. Mm. So I always like to use the expression to drive the car until the wheels fall off. That's typically what I do, Vin. I will put on as many <laughs> miles as I can. Like Al Bundy. And, and then eventually it's time to make that change with a new purchase. But again, that's me. For a lot of people, they like to have the new car. So what they end up doing is they do the lease so that they are in a position every three years or whatever the term is to get that new car. But again, key takeaways from this, the negatives are, you know, number one, you don't have that control. You don't have the ownership. And if you go ahead and go over those miles, then you're going to have a lot more in fees to, with the termination, termination costs. And with, again, the time frame that you're doing this, a lot of people don't consider that. Another thing too is gap insurance, which is the difference between the value and what the car is worth. And with a lease, typically you would have to have gap insurance, which would make your insurance more. So there's a hmm. higher requirement with having a lease than it would be if you actually bought the car outright. Interesting. Okay. So I just wanted to list the pros yeah. and cons of leasing. Now let's talk about buying. Okay, so All here right. we go. Now, number one, <laughs> with buying a car, it is going to be more expensive. What do I mean by that? Typically, you would have to have more money put down in the car as a down payment to make the payment less. So for people that are trying to get within a certain payment, I'll make up a number, three, $400 a month, to get to that number, you're going to have to put a lot more down on the car than if you were to lease. So for a lot of people, if they don't have a significant down payment to put down or enough to make the payment something they can afford, that can be an issue. So number one, it would be more expensive initially when buying a car. Also, too, with that amount, it's more challenging to get the payment in the range that you want because of that extra amount of money that you have to put down. So keep that in mind when you're buying a car is it is going to cost more money to be able to get it to a point where, let's say, that payment you want to get in that three to $400 range to be able to do so. Also, too, with costs, if you own this car, you are responsible for everything that happens to the car. Now, again, there's warranties in different periods of time mm. where you know your car is covered. But for somebody holding it longer term, now you're running into maintenance and different expenses that you're not going to have with a lease. So like I mentioned to you, I like to drive a car to basically the wheels fall off. Well, <laughs> the longer I drive the car, the more miles I put on the car, the more issues I run into. It could be a transmission. It could be an air conditioning system, whatever. I'm just throwing right. different things out to you. But again, they are more expensive. So the overall maintenance can be a lot more with actually 
having the car as you own it. Now, the other thing too, which we got to look at is with having this car. And if you're owning it, you're typically, unless you're going to sell it at a certain point, the value goes down. It's like one of those things, Vin, what they talk to you about is when you buy the car, the moment you drive it off the lot, what happens to the value of the car? It typically would go down a significant <laughs> amount. So the hiccup would be you go to sell the car. And again, depending on your time frame, you could get a good amount less. A signi- I shouldn't say a good amount, a significant amount less than what you actually paid for the car. Mm. So if somebody you know has a car and for whatever reason in three years, they're like, hey, I want a new car. Well, be prepared when you go to sell that car that value could be a lot less, which would make it more challenging to get into a new car. So keep that in mind. The other thing too here is you've got to find the buyer. Now, again, you could sell it. Let's say you go to a dealership, you could have them buy the car from you to get into a new car, or it's on you to go ahead and be able to sell the car in the open market. So there's a lot of moving parts for you to take care of. Of course, like we talked about with the lease, when the lease is up, it goes back to the auto dealership. With a car, you sell it, you've got to figure out a way to sell it. That could be to the dealer, that could be to an individual buyer. It all depends on what the situation is. Now, these are negatives. Let's talk about the positives. Number one, when you buy it, you own it, you control it. So in other words, you have, this is your car, this is your asset, you own that car. So again, it's not a situation where in three years, I'm like, hey, Vin, I know you own the car, but it's time to give it back. No, you could drive it to 10 <laughs> years, that's on you. So you have full control of what's going on with this car, how long you own it, if you wanna sell it, whatever, it's on you, you sure. can do whatever you want. Here's the big one, Vin. Okay. Ready? Oh, bring it. The mileage, there aren't any restrictions. You own the oh. car, you can put on as many miles on the car and there isn't a situation where you go to sell it and it's like, well, let's deduct how many miles you're over a certain amount. No, right. it's, it is it is what it is. Not like with a lease where if you go over a certain amount of miles, there are penalties. Mm. With owning a car, there aren't these restrictions and that's big. I think that's the big thing, Vin, with owning a car is you control it, you own it, there aren't the restrictions that you have with a lease. The appealing thing with the lease, it's a brand new car every three years. Right. The warrant, I should say, the maintenance would typically be low because everything be under warranty where with owning a car, you deal with all of those issues, maintenance and whatnot, for as long as you own the car. But again, you own it, you control it. There aren't penalties for any overage on miles. And the other thing too is with owning a car and is with having it as part of of your assets, you control it. It's yours. Now, the last thing I want to do is just look at the two head-to-head. Okay. And this is what I like to say to people. Number one, if you're a person that doesn't drive a lot of miles and it's something where you do like to have a new car, you know, every two to three years. Right, right. Okay it may make sense to lease. Typically somebody, and I see this for a lot of seniors that are looking for a car, and it's like, you know what? If it's a situation where they're not driving that much, they stay under the miles. And the nice thing about the setup with a lease is you can control 
how many miles you're, you're getting. In other words, okay. the lesser amount, let's say it's 10,000 miles a year, is going to, the payment's going to be a lot less than if you were doing 18,000 miles a year or whatever the number is. So you can utilize that in a way to control your payment. And the other piece to it too is because typically it's a lot less of a down payment, you can have a situation where you have a new car, you keep the miles low. If you're only driving around town, you're not going long distance. It may make sense in that situation to lease a car. The additional amount you would have put down on the car as a down payment, now that money has been freed up. And what could it be? Well, it could be utilized for your emergency fund. Vin, the nice thing now is interest rates are a lot better for savings accounts and ah, money markets right. where you're getting paid a good amount of money, you know, 4%, 5%, whatever the situation is there you go. for your money. Two years ago, Vin, we're not having this conversation. Mm. But if we look at, does it make sense to put a huge down payment on a car when I'm not driving a lot of miles? Does it make more sense to put a lot less down, keep below the miles that I'm allowed low maintenance on the car because it's all under warranty and I'll be trading that car in at the end of the term. The example right. utilizes that three years and the additional amount we would have put down on the car, now we can utilize for something different. Maybe pay down some debt, maybe put it in a money market or savings account for our emergency fund where if we have some sort of need that we need to get a hold of money, there it is. We have it at, and we have the access to it. Mm. So that's key. Flip it to the other side, Finn, for buying a car, for people that are driving a lot of miles. You know, let's say you're in a situation where you're going to different parts of the state or you're in sales and you have to go from this town to that town. That typically would make sense to own the car okay? because you're not going to have the restrictions that you have mileage-wise. And I think that's the big takeaway, is when you're in a situation where you're putting on a lot of miles, mm. at least typically wouldn't make sense. Because yeah. you're going to have those that's huge penalties if you go ahead and when you turn in the car. And with having a car, again, I use the expression again, drive it to the wheels fall off for a lot of people <laughs> that put on a lot of miles, is they get a car that's good on gas, that enables them to be able, or electric or hybrid or whatever, that enables them to put on a lot of miles. And when they're done with the car, whatever the value is at that point, they trade it in and they get another car. And the key thing is they just keep it as long as they can until unfortunately, maintenance-wise, it doesn't make sense to keep it or the upkeep uh, on the car. It's just too much to do. But again, the key takeaway from this is for people that do put on a lot of miles that really need a car and they're you know, driving from this end of the state to that end of the state, or they're just going over an amount of miles that's more than what is allowed for a lease. Typically, I would say buying a car outright would make the most sense. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to kind of put it out there, not pounding the desk saying <laughs> you should do this or you should do that, but things to consider. Should I lease or should I buy? Those are the pros and cons to each. And, you know, with people that are in that situation where they're looking to make that decision Consider the mileage that you're going to be putting out there on the car or utilizing the car for. That's usually the one item I would say is a key factor when making that final decision. Should I lease or should I buy? And what is the need of the car? Is it something that I'm just driving around town uh, that I'm not going long distances? Or is it something where I really am putting on a lot of miles and it makes more sense in that case to buy the car so I don't have the restrictions of the mileage VIN? There it is. There it is. Should I lease 
or should I buy a car? I just wanted to put out the pros and cons to each scenario. There you go. That's so drive, it. Driving the car right there. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Well, Dave, for people who want to uh, drive their current vehicle yes. or to have a chat with you over at Shoreline Wealth Management, how can they get they in touch with you? They can drive on over, yeah. whether they're leasing or buying, it's fine. They car. <laughs> All cars accepted. Exactly. Uh, how can people get in touch with I, you at Shoreline Wealth Management to uh, set something up? Appreciate the conversation. Appreciate this uh, talk about <laughs> leasing or buying. Uh, phone number, 732 902 7880. Of course, visit us at shorelinewealth.com. And we have offices, Vin, in Manchester and Manahawkin. There you go. Pay us a visit. Bring that uh, new car, used car, rental car, whatever. No, and and what's nice, Vin, if you go to shorelinewealth.com, you can go on there, read up about the firm, what we do, what we offer, as well as if uh, somebody wants to make an appointment, they can go right on there, either call us or do it right on the site. There it is. It's good stuff, Dave. This Thank was a you. good uh, podcast on the Jersey it's Shore Road. Very important. It, it, no, it really is. I mean, because these are the conversations that a lot of people have and trying to figure out, especially nowadays, like, is this the car I go for? Well, what kind of deal? What is the best situation for me? How, one, do I, you one, know, how much traveling yeah, do I actually do? Exactly. And that's a key thing. How much traveling and don't get caught up in that payment is so attractive mm. and I'm getting the better car. I right. think that's the biggest hiccup. For a lot of people, they go with the lease because their eyes are wide open. Oh, look at the car yep. I want. I can't afford to buy it, but I can afford to lease it. And they jump in. Mm. And then three years later, they're paying fees yeah. for over the mileage. It becomes a real mess. It's a tough call. It is. It is a tough call. For all of you out there considering trying to figure out what to do in your particular situation, give Dave a, a call and... Uh, We'll be happy to discuss with you with what car you have, what car you're looking for, so you can make the best decision for you. Dave, another good podcast. We'll talk to the people again next week. Sounds like a plan. Thank there you. There we go. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. This information is not intended to be a substitute for individualized legal advice. Please consult your legal advisor regarding your specific situation. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. Whether you're in the early stages of investing, getting ready to retire, or planning your estate, you need a financial planner who will guide you on a clear path with honesty and transparency. Shoreline Wealth Management understands that you're more than your money, and they strive to help you realize your best life as they align your finances with your goals. Best of all, Shoreline's straightforward approach will include you in the process. Shoreline Wealth Management is your financial anchor committed to helping you weather life storms. Visit ShorelineWealth.com for more information today. ShorelineWealth.com. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member of SIPC. Let's face it, investment concepts and financial planning can be very intimidating and confusing. Shoreline Wealth Management addresses that feeling head on. Their goal is to educate you while offering financial advice without buzzwords and jargon. Shoreline includes you in the process and makes you comfortable every step of the way. Shoreline Wealth Management is your financial anchor. Visit ShorelineWealth.com for more information and start your financial journey with comfort and security today. Shoreline Wealth Management with offices in Manchester and Manahawkin. Securities offered through LPL Financial member FINRA SIPC.